0: We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. We're talking about angels, and we're down to the topic now of how not to provoke an angel. Don't provoke your angel. Now, to say the least, it's very unhealthy to provoke an angel. Let's begin in Hebrews, the first chapter, verse 14. We'll read down through verse 3 in the second chapter of Hebrews. Are they not all ministering spirits, speaking of angels, are not the angels all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience receive a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Well, let's stop it there. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Actually, the context of this, as we've said in the other sessions, is how will we escape if we neglect so great a deliverance that comes by the ministry of angels. Now, keep it in the context by law of double reference, the fact that many scriptures have double reference. Certainly, there could be some other things indicated here. But in the context of this scripture, it specifically says that how are we going to escape in this earth if we neglect... The great deliverance that is sent by the ministry of angels. Now, we've let these things slip from us, and it says to not do that. Now, let me just take a few minutes here and share with you some of the appearances of angels to people in the Bible. Now, I want to give a word of caution here also, because when we begin to emphasize any great truth in the Bible, and it begins to be emphasized more than there's always a few people, They'll run off with it and go off in the ditch on the right-hand side or on the left-hand side. They'd come up with something off the wall, you know, and start commanding angels to overhaul their car or something. Well, we need to have a balance in this thing. And don't go off the deep end on anything, but let's stay with the Word of God. Now, let me give you some balanced things in the Scripture. I mean, this is information <laughs> that will help you understand what we're talking about here and how to discern things about angels and you know if an angel appeared to me seemed to be an angel and began to say a lot of things that did not agree and confirm things in the word of God then I'd get highly suspicious about it you know the apostle Paul said if an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than that which I preach let him be accursed well, there was angels appeared in the Bible to 32 different people. You know, that's not a great number. But this is our precedent in the word of God for it. They did appear to people in the Bible, both Old Testament and the New Testament. To Abraham, an angel appeared 3 times, to Elisha 4 times, to Daniel 5 times, to Zechariah seven times to joseph three times to jesus three times and to john several times but anyway there was a hundred and four appearances of angels to people in the bible now there's only four angels that are named in the bible and i would be rather suspicious if an angel appeared to me and began to name off a bunch of angels especially if it didn't agree with some of the ones that are in the Bible. Now, that does not mean that angels do not have names, and that does not mean that they couldn't do that. But I would be rather suspicious if they started coming up with a lot of different names, because it seems that angels just don't name themselves that often. And as I say now, this is guidelines. This is not a hard line thing where we say this is the only way it could be and that no angel could appear to anybody more than the greatest number of times they appeared to anyone in the Bible. But yet, I would be suspicious if there was an angel kept appearing to one individual over years and months and weeks and just went into a great number of times because we have really no precedent for that in the Bible. So sometimes people that are always having visions of angels and different things just over and over and over, you have some checks in your spirit about it. And that doesn't mean and that's not putting down anybody and I'm not talking about anybody special. I'm just saying some things that will help you in this. We need to be careful that we don't go off on a tangent on anything. See, we need a balance in everything. You can take any good subject or any truth in the Word of God and just, as the fellow says, run it into the ground and to cause it to become offensive because you just go overboard on it. So we shouldn't pray to angels. We shouldn't be worshiping angels. And we're not out commanding angels to do things. But yet we can have supernatural manifestation of angels in our business affairs in our home affairs that doesn't mean that they'll appear to you necessarily i think we miss it if we go off seeking for the appearance of angels it seems to be as the spirit of god wills and as god desires to show a manifestation of an angel now i know in the people that i have talked to and have heard mention the fact that angels appear to them It seems that most of the time it's because it was kind of hard for God to get over to them what he wanted them to do. So if it was necessary, he would send an angel to speak to them and to get their attention. And I'll tell you, it'll get your attention, I'm sure. But be careful that whatever you get by special visitation of a supposed angel, that it does agree with God's word. Because it's important that we stay with the word of God. We should not go off on experiences. And we should be careful about just taking somebody's experience for something. If the experience that you had or the experience that I had does not agree with God's holy word, what word we have, then I'd just forget it. I'd just simply put it on a shelf somewhere and forget it. Because we have God's word. This is the guideline that we have to go by. Now, I want us to go to Exodus, the 23rd chapter. We're going to talk about provoking angels. Now, as far as I know, I've never heard anybody teach on provoking an angel. But yet, there's a lot said about it in the Bible. And I'm sure there's been some people that have taught on it that I haven't heard. But I want us to look at some things because I think it's very important to us in the 23rd chapter of Exodus, let's begin reading with verse 20. God is speaking and he says Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. Now this is God's Direction to them concerning the angel. Now, notice what he says I send an angel before you. God dispatched an angel, a special angel. Now, this evidently was the angel of the Lord. Now, I don't know, there's a lot said about the angel of the Lord. There's different views, and I know in different places when it says angel of the Lord, it could mean some different things. But somehow I've always just assumed that when it said the angel of the Lord, it meant exactly what it said. The Lord's personal angel. You know, if somebody said Charlie's angel, (laughs) well, would you think it was somebody else's angel or would you think it's my angel? You see, when the Bible says angel of the Lord, especially in certain places, I believe that's exactly what it's referring to. Now, i just throw that out to you. You can do what you want to with it. But that's a thought. Give some thought to that. God dispatched this special angel to the children of Israel and said, I've dispatched this angel to go before you and to keep you in the way and to bring thee unto the place that I've prepared for you. Now, what was the place that he had prepared for them? It was the promised land, wasn't it? God had prepared the promised land and he said, I've given you the land, go in and possess it. It belongs to you. It was a promised land. And it was theirs. But they had to possess it. Now you see, that's where the children of Israel got in trouble over the deal because they heard what God said. They knew what God said. They knew exactly the words that God had told them. And not only that, here they had God's word that he had dispatched a special angel to go before them. To keep them in the way and to lead them to the place that he had prepared. And that was the promised land. But did you know that many of the children of Israel never made it? They didn't make it. It wasn't because it was not God's will. Certainly it was the will of God. But it was because they didn't mix any faith with the word of God. What God said in his word, they didn't mix any faith with it. Hold your place there. And let's go over to Hebrews, the third chapter. And we'll pick up on what God is saying here concerning this. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the days of temptation in the wilderness. Now, you ought to underline the word provocation there. Because what it means was that they provoked God and the angels. Calls it the days of provocation. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. I want to remind you that all this week our offer will be book offer number 7510. It's entitled Triumph Over the Enemy. It's a 60-page paperback. It was formerly entitled, Messenger of Satan, so if you have it, it's the same book. It's $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. This book will help you understand some of the misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. You remember in the 12th chapter of Second Corinthians, Paul said, "'Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, "'there was given to me a thorn in the flesh,' the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, so many people read that and say, well, now notice Paul said that God gave him a thorn in the flesh. You know, someone has stated this way, that deception wouldn't be so deceptive if it wasn't so deceiving. Notice Paul did not say that God gave him a messenger of Satan, and so many people say, Well, Brother Caps, what in the world was Paul's thorn in the flesh? I've studied. I can't find out what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. This verse tells you, The messenger of Satan to buffet me. Now just think about it a minute. Why would God give Paul an angel of the devil? That's what messenger means, an angel of the devil, to buffet him, to keep him from preaching what God anointed him to preach. Now, you know, that doesn't make any sense at all. I tell you, this book will straighten a lot of the things out that you've been mistaught down through the years. Maybe you weren't taught that, but maybe you assume certain things because of what you heard people say. I tell you, it'll give you insight into what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. And not only that, it'll help you understand that if you have a thorn in the flesh, it was because Satan gave it to you, not God. And you can get rid of it the same way Paul got rid of his. (laughs) That's uh, book offer number 7510. It's a 60-page paperback. For a total of $11, we have a toll-free order line, one 396 9400 Until tomorrow, this Charles Capps reminding you that Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call one 396 9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046.